Hey, 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 welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I am your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer, writer, storyteller, entrepreneur, community builder, podcaster, and educator as well. So today we are continuing our summer reading series in which I share with you some of my most favorite stories I've done to date. And I hope you've been enjoying um, this series. Uh, we've already traveled to uh, some interesting places around the world. Uh, last week, we went to Jordan. Um, the week before, we went to Barcelona and some other places. And today, we're traveling to another place that's really near and dear to my heart. And that place is Turkey. So the story I'm about to share with you today is one that really put me on a path that I, I'm on today. And for that reason, it's really special to me. Um, that story was the first story I did that um, focused on the subject and the niche, uh, um, a niche of artisanship and craftsmanship. Um, this is a story about Turkish Iznik tiles. Uh, where I went to Turkey and I looked at the production of these tiles and I investigated the story behind them. And I loved doing that story so much that ever since then, I've been seeking out stories like that everywhere I go. And I've done multiple other stories about artisans and craftsmanship since. But this story that I'm about to share with you is really the genesis for, for, for that interest uh, for me. And I also love this story because um, it reminds us also of how inspiration can really come from anywhere. And I've shared with you a story last week, um, which was also a reminder of that, where I told you a story of how I was listening to a podcast one weekend, and uh, that's how uh, an idea came to me for a story. And in this case, uh, it was actually a blog post by a dear friend of mine called Errol. Shout out to you, Errol, if you're listening today, who shared uh, a blog uh, several years ago now uh, in which he posted a link to a news article of Christie's auction selling a, a piece of a Turkish uh, plate from, I think, the 15th century for some crazy amount of money. I think it was like a half a million dollars or something. And so that sparked my interest. And I was like, wait, what? There is a plate from a 15th century being sold for that much money. What's the what's the story behind it, you know? And I went down the rabbit hole of investigating uh, that story. I went to Turkey. I looked at the production of the Iznik tiles. I pitched the story to a farm magazine and uh, now the story is out there. And so without further ado, uh, today I'm sharing with you a story called Not Just a Souvenir, the Untold Story of Turkey's Iznik Tiles. Gorgeous Iznik Tiles cover the city of Istanbul, and cheap replicas have long been popular souvenirs. But a recent revival of the centuries-old traditional techniques for creating these lovely ceramics is proof that... When it comes to Iznik tiles, beauty is more than glazed deep. Detailed, colorful Iznik ceramics are a popular Turkish souvenir. 
so much so that mass-produced replicas with printed rather than handmade designs are sold in droves on the streets of Istanbul's Sultanahmet area for as low as $5 each. But the real pieces are valuable beyond the sentimental. A 2006 Christie's lot of 15th century Iznik pottery dishes sold for over $500,000. The cheap knockoffs are lovely and plentiful, but once you learn the difference, you'll know why tracking down a real Iznik is worth the effort. The intricate production process is more than just craftsmanship. It also draws upon a rich cultural heritage. Here's what you need to know about genuine Iznik pottery and where to find it. What makes ceramic from Iznik in an Anatolian town of bygone fame special? The region's pottery tradition stretches back to prehistoric times, but the art form blossomed under the Ottomans. In the late 15th century, craftsmen of Iznik replaced the traditional clay used in ceramics with quartz. The innovative technique produced a bright white base that made the four traditional colors found in Iznik pieces, turquoise, cobalt, malachite, and coral, stand out under a thick, transparent glaze. Ottoman sultans favored the new look and soon exquisite Iznik chini, as the tiles are known locally, adorned public spaces and important buildings in Istanbul including the court's main residence, Topkapi Palace. Isnik ceramics spread far and wide, even piquing the interest of Genoese and Venetian merchants. This golden era lasted for about 100 years. The decline of the Ottoman Empire meant a loss of protection for the craft, which had all but disappeared by the late 17th century. For the next several hundred years, original Iznik pieces appeared solely in art brokerages and museums worldwide, including the Louvre and the Smithsonian. Today, a renewed interest in Ottoman heritage has sparked efforts to restore Iznik Chini to their former glory. Turkish organizations such as the Iznik Foundation and Anikia are working to bring the craft out from the museums back into everyday life. Their founders come from different backgrounds, including academia, art, and business, but they are united by a fondness for the rich self-expression featured in Iznik ceramics and for the style's potential to revive the traditions of the past through modern, functional art. A short ferry and minibus ride away from Istanbul, tiny Iznik on the shores of Lake Iznik presents a markedly different pace from that of Turkey's largest city. Here, fueled by the personal interest of Dr. Ishil Akbaycil, an economics professor, the Iznik Foundation kick-started the revival of this traditional art form. It took the foundation three years to resurrect the long-forgotten ceramic-making process. The foundation still uses laborious 16th-century techniques. The only change was replacing the brick-and-wood kilns with electric counterparts. And it takes about 70 days to make each tile. The spacious Iznik Foundation Garden Villa, located outside the Roman walls that still partially encircle the town, offers a glimpse of how these stunning tiles are crafted. The process starts by creating the base, called the biscuit. 
85% of this base is made with locally sourced ground quartz. The rest is clay and silica. Biscuits are dried for 7 to 10 days and then covered with a thick underglaze made of quartz and clay. At this point, they are air-dried for another 10 days, then baked at 930 degrees in giant kilns. The next step is the most intricate. The traditional geometric and floral motifs, the latter featuring tulips, roses and carnations, are drawn on sketching paper, perforated with a needle and transferred onto the biscuit using charcoal dust. The tiny traces of charcoal are then carefully contoured with a black dye and the designs are painted with natural metal oxide colors. Copper oxide produces a rich cobalt blue and iron oxide turns into the distinctive deep iznik red. The last step, glazing, is where the magic happens. The painted biscuit is glazed with a thick off-white mixture of quartz, metal oxides and soda called shir, which translates to secret in Turkish. The original masters never wrote down the formula, but rather passed it down orally. This final coating adds a satin finish, draws out depth in the colors and protects the piece from the elements. It also makes the ceramics virtually indestructible. Finally, the piece is air-dried and kilned again for 12 continuous hours. Transformed by fire, the pale colors burst into intense, vivid hues and the lustrous Iznik Chini is born. For Iznik aficionados, it's not enough to simply restore this traditional art. They are also ushering it into the modern age by introducing contemporary designs and collaborating with international brands like Hermes and illustrious institutions like the Sheikh Zayed Mosque in Abu Dhabi. Both the Iznik Foundation and Anikia have showrooms in Istanbul where travelers can browse for authentic souvenirs handcrafted in Iznik using those centuries-old techniques. But perhaps the most enriching experience for a tile-loving traveler awaits at Iznik Classics. The multi-storied gallery Iznik Classics is located in an alley behind the Blue Mosque, a name given to the Sultan Ahmed Mosque because of the more than 20,000 blue and white Iznik tiles that cover the interior. Owner Tahir Ejinci cares deeply about the pieces in his gallery. He likes one Iznik panel so much that he's willing to sell it for $1 million, no less. San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich is reportedly one of the customers who checks in regularly to see if Ejinci has changed his mind about the price. At the time of this writing, he hasn't. Ejinci is the keeper of stories behind each Iznik he sells, like those of Adnan Hocha, an Iznik master with 40 years of painting experience. The entire gallery basement is dedicated to Hocha and is filled with ceramics that reflect the philosophical questions he attempted to unravel in his work. Holding a weighty, silken quartz tile in your hands can be life-changing. Like the fire that bursts the tiles, the experience can spark an unexpected enthusiasm for the lost and revived art of Iznik.
As Ijinchi says, when some customers learn the difference between the real Isnik tiles and the ones you can buy on the street, they cry. And that's it for the story from the streets of Istanbul and from the streets of small town of Iznik in Turkey. I hope you enjoyed this story today. And if you did, please let me know on Instagram. You can find me there on In Search of Perfect or Travel Media Lab. As you guys know, this is an experiment. I'm really experimenting with this format on the podcast. So it's really important for me to know if this is something you're enjoying and if you want to hear more of stories like this on our podcast going forward. So if you do, don't be shy, reach out to me and please let me know. And thank you so much for listening to us today. And I will see you guys again next week. Bye, everyone.